Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, uh, with a little extra echo, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Chuck? I'm well, sir. Yeah. Anything um, slightly unusual today? Oh, uh, we are in a different place than normal. We are in Austin, Texas. Yes. Yeah. Are you guys from Austin that are cheering, or is that just enthusiasm? Yeah? Keep Austin weird. That's... That's the motto, is that right? Or we're, we're doing our best. I should probably say to those of you listening on your iPods, Chuck's talking to people who oh, yeah. are watching this <laughs> podcast right now. Yes. And he's not insane. So they got a laugh track? After three <laughs> years, they got a laugh track? It's the little uh, red box <laughs> after three years. Um, so, yes, we're doing a lot of podcasts. This is a little different for us. I'm normally not so sweaty from being stared at when we record. Um, but I'm getting a little more used to it. I'm fine. Yeah. And I, um, I lost my coffee, so I'm going to get really dry. Oh, you don't have coffee? Yeah, I'll be okay. Oh, boy. Chuck. Josh. Have you ever heard of the X-Files? Oh, yeah. It turns out a lot of that was true. Really? Yeah. Well, okay, so not the, um, not the whole child healer who may or may not be, like, killing people, like the, the compartmentalized versions of the X-Files, but the overarching thread with the aliens? Yeah, not, not like the shapeshifter right. episodes. According to how UFOs work on HowStuffWorks.com, uh-huh. that's probably true. Well, you know I'm a believer. Are you? I'm, I'm in the Fox Mulder camp. I'm, okay. Are Although you, uh, he's Hank Moody to me now. Do you, uh, is that? Californication. Okay, gotcha. I thought he would always be Fox Mulder, and now, he, right? I see nods. He's Hank Moody now. That's a huge, huge changeover. It is. Yeah. I thought Hank He's having Moody, a lot more yeah. fun on Californication, though. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. There's a lot of brooding on X-Files and not yeah. so much dirty, dirty sex. Stuff. <laughs> well, okay. So um, let me give you some examples. So the X-Files, um, we're, we're going kind of retro here, right? Because the yeah. UFOs is, is very 90s. And very 40s and even ancient. Ancient, exactly. So um, have you heard of the uh, ancient Indian Sanskrit scriptures? I have, sir. Okay. Got some water oh, right thank there. you very much, Jessica. Wait, beep. Thank you very much, <laughs> Jessica. I got the first beep. All right. Um, okay. In, in these uh, ancient Indian Sanskrit um, writings, there is a description of an airship. And it actually talks about how uh, this airship can go forward and backward and vertically very quickly. And a man can travel by sky um, in, in a very short time. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is these texts were written like way before there were supposed to be airships, right? Yeah. It's uh, called the Vimanas. Mm-hmm. And uh, they describe things like a great flying bird uh, made of light material. Um, they even describe a mercury engine with an iron heating apparatus underneath. So they get really specific about how it can move and how it operates, and this is not anything that should be happening. Oddly specific, right? Yeah. Allow me to continue. In uh, 1211, uh, it was written that uh, a group of people in England were at church one day, and there was a loud crash from outside of the church, and they all go outside. They're all very dirty, I'm sure. Um, They go outside, and they uh, look up, and there's an airship. Again, you're going to notice airships keep popping up in this How UFOs Work podcast. Um, And it's anchored 
like an anchor has has dropped into the um, the the steeple above the church and it's stuck. And so all the all the uh, very very old timey medieval people are like, what is going on? Some guy comes down from the airship, tries to get the uh, the anchor out, is grabbed. And they're about to be killed, and the bishop's like, no, 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 just let this guy go. I don't know what his jam is. Um, so His jam? Uh, his jam. <laughs> so uh, so they, the, the airship cuts rope and flies off. And I should point out, it's weird, right? It's uh, 1211 yeah. A.D. Yeah, that's weird. At any time, it's weird. So a, folk, a folklorist named Catherine Briggs points out, I think she puts it perfectly, that this is one of those, quote, one of those strange, unmotivated, and therefore rather convincing tales that are scattered throughout the early chronicles. Like basically saying this, this, this chronicler had no reason to just make this up, and it's just so weird how specific it is. Yeah. And then we can fast forward to the 19th century, tons of airship sightings. Nebraska was huge. Texas was huge. Um, right. California. It was basically like that whole James West steampunk thing. Right. But in the time, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't retro. And then just this February uh, in Jerusalem, there was a big sighting. There were several videos of... I didn't hear about this one. As, well, there were three different videos. And uh, the founder of the site, Marshall Brain, put it to bed, or he tried to. Um, saying, like, this is how it was hoaxed. Not entirely convincingly, uh. but there's supposedly a UFO over the Dome Rock in Jerusalem. Uh, and this was February. And if you go onto the Mutual UFO Network website, every day there's still UFO reports coming in. So The Mutual UFO Network? M- MUFON. Oh, okay. They made tons of appearances in <laughs> X-Files. You know, MUFON. MUFON. Right? They got um, nothing on SETI. Wh- who, that's a little foreshadowing. Yeah. pop up later. <laughs> nice, Chuck. Um, so uh, if you go onto the MUFON website, you'll see that there's still just dozens of sightings every day. So this is very much embedded in um, our culture, which is why we're about to talk about it now. Chuck, go. That was my intro. I wasn't like prepared. <laughs> All right. If we're going to talk about UFOs, let's start. Uh, well, that was sort of the beginning, I guess. But let's start in the mid-20th century. As everyone knows, UFOs were pretty big in the 1940s and 50s. Yeah. Got a lot of press. And, in fact, that's when the uh, term UFO as unidentified flying object was coined by the United States Air Force. I don't know if everyone knows that. Yeah, that's kind of a, a big one. And at least the people in this room know that now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, unidentified flying object, flying saucer, flying disc, what we're really talking about is uh, alien uh, spacecraft, right? Well, I mean, let's let's cut to the chase. That's what ufologists have been talking about, right? Is that how that's pronounced? Yes, ufology. Okay, because I kept saying UFOologist, and that's that's like saying. Uh, Do you refer to the IRS as the ERS? Huh? I don't. So, ufologist. Uh, yeah, not talking uh, about. No, it's ufologist, not ufologist. Okay, ufologist. U- ufologist. So the Air Force started investigating these things for real, um, and found out that five to 10% of UFO sightings are unaccounted for. Yeah. The, the rest are explained away. You always hear weather balloon, whatever the heck that is. <laughs> or hoax. Hoaxes. Lightning. Uh, yeah, lightning. Any, any kind of a natural weather phenomenon can be mistaken. And hoaxes is big. People, people like faking their photography. Sure, or crop circles. Yeah, sure. Um, so that, that's a pretty significant point that you just brought up, that there are some cases of UFO sightings that are out there that are um, uh, unexplained, right? Yeah. Where's the uh, – I did have a stat in here on that. It was uh, 5 to 10 percent. 
No, I have numbers. Uh, oh. 12,000 UFO sightings the Air Force uh, researched between 48 and 69. So it's 21 years, if my math is correct. And uh, all but 701 were explained away. But if you ask me, 701 that you can't explain is kind of a lot. That's a significant number for sure. And that's why I believe. And um, the, there's a guy named J. Allen Hynek who kind of figures big into ufology. Um, he's the man, or he, was. He's passed away now. He's dead, yes. He was the man. Um, but he still, he kind of lives on in this very long-winded and detailed definition of what a UFO is, right? You want to you wanna take this one? Yeah. Should I read it? Can you do it in one <laughs> breath? There's no way I can do it in one breath. But this is the best definition we've got from um, Dr. Heineck, or is he's an astronomer. Is he a doctor? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, the reported perception of an object or light seen in the sky or upon the land, the appearance, trajectory, and general dynamic and luminescent behavior of which do not suggest a logical, conventional explanation and which is not only mystifying to the original percipients but remains unidentified after close scrutiny of all available evidence by persons who are technically capable of making a common sense identification, if one is possible. Period. And that is one sentence. <laughs> So yeah. that, yeah, that says it all. So basically what he's saying is like after, you know, it's a, it's a sighting and it's, it seems weird. And then after closer examination, it, it really is weird. Yeah, exactly. That's a UFO sighting, right? That was his first draft, I think. <laughs> right. he's like, the Air yeah. Force is like, eh, can you get a little more specific? He's like, no, I'm an astronomer. Check out my hair. I have no time to write sentences that make sense to you idiots. <laughs> but we say Air Force because he was actually hired by the Air Force. He was a faculty member at the Ohio State University. Which this article doesn't say the. No, but that's the right way to say it. You're they right. They get really picky. Any, any Buckeyes out there? All right. Yeah. <laughs> One's all you need. <laughs> in, uh, in 1948, they said, hey, dude, why don't you come work for us? We got all these weird things happening. Yeah. We got a program called. Uh, Project what, Sign. Yeah, it was originally Project Sign. Then it became Project Grudge, which I love. And then Project Blue Book was what they landed on. That's that's not a that's not a good name for a scientific investigation. Project you Blue know? Book. It seems a little no grudge. Oh yeah. You know. Well, Blue Book, I imagine, was before the whole auto uh, industry thing with used cars to call. No, no. A little known fact: it grew out of that Air oh, Force investigation. Yeah. Very cool. That's that's how your car's rated now. So uh, Heineck was his deal was he was a skeptic. He was hired by the Air Force not as someone to uh, say, hey, these things are real. Let's just investigate it. And he was a big-time skeptic for he, well, yeah. quite a while. He was, a, he was an astronomer. He didn't believe in uh, extraterrestrial life, anything. It's 1948, so he hadn't really given much thought to it. But eventually he became kind of a defector um, because uh, ufology, uh, if anything, is this um, huge clash of the titans between people who believe in UFOs and skeptics who hurt them for believing in UFOs, right? Yeah. Um, and Hynek started out as a, a, a complete skeptic, and then eventually, you know, um, they, they basically gave him all these files and said, look through these and see if this was an asteroid, if this was a comet. Basically, just get rid of a, a big backlog to start with, right, of these yeah. 12,000 sightings. And, you know, he, he signed off on lots of them, and then he, he kept running across ones that made up the 701 inexplicable cases. Yeah, and he, at first he called them puzzling. Right, and then he he started calling them like, oh, my God, this is real. Right. And, um, yeah, he became probably the most outspoken uh, you fought. Bless, Bless you, you, sir. Uh, <laughs> See, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that doesn't normally happen. Um, 
he became one of the most outspoken ufologists, people who said, yes, UFOs are real. And uh, he, I, he was in a position to really kind of make that claim more than anybody else. Yeah, and he found himself at odds with the Air Force. They were, um, I don't think they knew what they were getting into when they hired this scientist who was originally a skeptic. And all of a sudden he starts touting these things and the Air Force is like, no, don't say these things. Right. He's and, like, no, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> what was his line about uh, skepticism not having any part in the scientific method? Or no. Uh, ridicule. Ridicule. So... There's another guy, if you go a little further back, the first ufologist is named Charles Fort, and he was kind of a, um, a, a hero of mine. Um, he was a scientist. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you read uh, The Fortean Times, which is one of the greatest magazines of all time, um, it's based on this guy's philosophy that, yes, science um, is the, the proper approach to explaining the universe, but you have to investigate everything incredulously or else you're just kind of a jerk. Right. You can't selectively say like, well, you know, science can't really explain this right now. So it doesn't exist. It's not possible to exist. And we're going to make fun of you for even thinking that that's not what science is about. And um, J. Allen Hynek uh, held the same views, basically, that that um, through Project Blue Book, science was failing the public by not properly explaining, hey, this is a weather balloon. Like, you don't know what a weather balloon looks like. I, I don't no know idea. what a weather balloon looks like. I don't know we, what they we do. We were failed at some point in time by science, and he was upset about that. And then the idea that they were heaping ridicule and scorn while not even carrying out their duty right. irked him, to say the least. So Heineck is the guy, actually, that came up with the Heineck scale, which you say, what is the Heineck scale? You might know it better. Wait, wait, as wait, the, hold uh, on. No? What is <laughs> Exactly. Dude, we should do this every time. Totally. I love this. I don't know what I'm so nervous about. Uh, you might know the Heineck scale better as the uh, close encounters uh, chart. So he's the dude who invented it. And uh, the first kind is a sighting. If you see it, close encounter of the first kind. The second kind is a sighting plus physical evidence. Mm -hmm. So Like scat? <laughs> Alien scat? Yeah. Uh, crop circles. Uh, sometimes there'll be like vegetation that is uh, like disintegrated sometimes, and I didn't research this, but the spider web-like things hanging from trees? Yeah. What's that all about? Any idea? I, I couldn't find that either. Okay. Yeah. Apparently that happens yeah. when the UFO is nearby. And, well, the, the big problem with them is um, like what, they are brittle to the touch and just disintegrate. UFOs? No, the, the spider web-like <laughs> strings. It's like um, silly string, but that's been left out for many, okay. many weeks. <laughs> gotcha. So that's the second kind. Uh, the third kind um, is observation of an animate, uh, animate being. So Scatting. that wasn't quite right, according to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> oh, is that the third encounter? Well, that's the third. In, yeah, they did see an animate being, but let's skip forward. After Heineck, they added fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh kinds. He wasn't a part of that. Okay. Fourth kind is abduction. Uh, and the fifth kind is bilateral contact event through voluntary human-initiated uh, cooperation. So that was really close encounters of the third kind should have been the fifth kind because Francois Truffaut... In the movie, you know, sent out the. He initiated contact. And there was a sign for it, too, he did. I don't remember what that is. And did you know that was Francois Truffaut? I know Rob probably did. <laughs> Famous director, he was in that movie. And then uh, the sixth kind is direct injury or death, which is the least fun kind. <laughs> yeah. And the seventh kind is the best, because that means you are knocking boots with an alien. Oh, yeah. And creating a star child. <laughs> That's true. Close encounter of the seventh kind means you have sex with an alien, 
and they get pregnant. And there is there's a or lot you get of there is um, traditionally a lot of sexiness involved with alien abductions, whether it's forced copulation, uh, the standard anal probe, whatever. There's some sort of sexuality associated with uh, with abductions. Do you want to go over some of the abductions? Poking. Right. You always hear about prodding and poking and, and probing, and probing, probing. All right, where are we? Well, uh, well, let's. I guess let's talk a little more about some of the characteristics of UFOs. Um, we talked about the strange web-like disintegrating uh, remains, um, crop circles, crop circles, which may or may not have been Led Zeppelin's dirigible. Who knows? Um, Animal mutilation is sometimes they're associated with that, and that is when uh, you find, uh, let's say, cattle with uh, organs removed, but no signs of humans being anywhere around. We should do one on that. We should. Probably not, um, because I, I was looking this up, and apparently uh, some sheriff's department in Arkansas, when this, like the height of this cattle mutilation um, scare um, was going on, they, they took a cow, and I imagine shot it in the head and left it where it lay, because to, for, you know, to, to really undertake this, you'd have to kind of kill a cow where it was, and then leave it alone. Yeah. And, but they had a dead cow for 48 hours in this field, and filmed it, and and said, hey, like all of the normal stuff that a dead cow's body undergoes, autolysis, putrefaction, like all of this can explain like these mutilations really? you're talking about. Everybody just settle down. And I think it was kind <laughs> of like the same, um, the same group of people who were worried about Satanists yeah. kind of put a lot of stock in the animal mutilation okay. thing. So I think that one's kind of off okay. the table. Uh, radio and TV interference happens a lot. Car ignition failure, which of course happened. I keep looking at Rob for Close Encounters of the Third Kind because <laughs> he's a movie nerd like me. But uh, yeah, the car won't start. Uh, radio cuts out. Lights flicker. Uh-huh. UFOs nearby. Yeah, there's it's a, a correlation. It's a sure sign. It's a correlation. Uh, and then uh, I guess that's about it, right? Well, I got a couple of stats. Though that's not it. Trust me, that's it for that part. Uh, <laughs> I looked up UFO sightings by state because I was curious. Uh, what state do you think leads the way? Nevada. New Mexico's a good guess. Nevada's a good guess. Arizona. No, no, no. Can, think about it. Crazy people. Cuckoo. California. I hope there's no one from California in here. Oh, they know, they know they're crazy. All right. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh, 7,981 sightings. And this is a very, you know, this isn't high science. This is from the Center for UFO Studies or CUFOS. There's no MUFON. There's no MUFON or SETI. And uh, number two is actually Washington State at uh, 3483. I did look up Texas because that's where we are. 3,172. And I looked up Georgia. What do we have? About 1,000. Eh. And guess what state is the least? Delaware. No. Keep, keep going. Yeah, you'll get to it. 46 more. North Dakota, which I figure, I figured they'd be lousy with it because all the, I don't know, desert space seems appealing to aliens. But I think everyone in North Dakota is too depressed to look up. Well, that may be. <laughs> there's not a lot of people there, so that may actually, you know, have something to do with yeah. it. So only 116 in North Dakota. And we do have a, a poll in here that is so outdated that we would like to conduct a live poll since we have, what, about 50 people here? I would say 400. All right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this by applause, but you're not rooting for it, so don't feel like you have to go crazy if you believe in it. We just want to get a little, a little thing. So uh, if you believe 
that aliens have contacted humans, just some light golf clapping. Okay. CNN says 60%. Uh, if you believe aliens have abducted humans. Ooh, no brave that people in here. That is zero percent. <laughs> zero, because CNN uh, in 1997 said 50% of the people polled. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, they said 80% believe the government is hiding something about aliens. What wait, about wait, that? wait, let everybody clap oh, sorry. for that. Yeah, the government. I think more people think the government's hiding something than believe <laughs> aliens exist. How does that's that really work? something. I don't think that works. Yeah, it, it All right, works. Well, that's our first live poll. So um, I found uh, a, another poll in 2008, and the only thing I could find was, you know, do you believe that there's intelligent life that's been to Earth and contacted humans? And it was down to like 34%, which is probably about what we got here. But that's significantly less than the 60% in 1997. Yeah. True. I think it was Y2K angst. Now you think? That had everybody like, there's something going on, we're going to die, like everything's that was such coming a rip to an off. end. Our computers are going to stop. I was one of the guys, I was like, you people are stupid, nothing's going to happen. Yes. Well, you know that I have my van packed with water yeah. and a shotgun. And well, that's because you were living in it at the time. <laughs> right. Those are just my normal accoutrement. So, uh, Project the Blue Book, uh, the Air Force of, uh, uh, eventually in 1969 said, you know what, we're going to close up shop, or at least that's what they said. Hmm? Yeah. They said they were going to close up shop, uh, and then they put out to me what is some tricky wording with three statements. They said, no UFO reported, investigated, and evaluated has ever given any indication of threat to our national security. Doesn't mean that they didn't find anything. Right. They just didn't deem it a threat. Right. And then there's been no evidence submitted to the Air Force that sightings categorized as unidentified represent technical developments uh, beyond the range of present-day knowledge. And there's been no evidence indicating that sightings categorized as unidentified are extraterrestrial. So, so like, bam, boom, bam, we're closing up shop. Buy that, suckers. But that's tricky to me because all they said was classified as unidentified. Internally, as soon as they found out, they might go, oh, crap, let's change the uh, – they don't quantify the criteria for their categorization. No, but if they did find something, right, yeah. and kept it internal, they were still saying, like, these were kind of so-so aliens if they're, they weren't doing anything <laughs> that we couldn't already conceive of, you know? Yeah, true. Um, and I guess they were friendly, at least, because they weren't a national security threat. Either that or they were easily, like, beat up. <laughs> With the elbow? Is that how you go at an alien? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. That's how you go at everybody. But I think, it's, I think it's worth pointing out, this is a Department of Defense um, publication. You'd be very hard-pressed to find the DOD print and release anything that's talking yeah. about aliens today. But from 1948 to 1969, they carried out this very famous investigation. Uh -huh. Whether it was half-hearted or not, like they were actually, you know, spending tons of taxpayer money on this. And uh, it was it's a significant moment in history where uh, everyone believed in aliens, right? Right. Now everybody just believes that the government's hiding something. <laughs> yeah, they're hiding something. So uh, it moved from the, the government to uh, the private sector with uh, SETI, which we've mentioned is the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, and to the Center for UFO Studies. So there's a lot of work still going on. And these aren't crackpots. Uh, a lot of them are very scientific about their research. Jody Foster works there. Right. And what they want to do is 
Well, not they want to disprove. They want to get to the bottom of it. Well, yes, yeah, SETI is very legitimate. They have funding from NASA, yeah. and they're all um, very scientific scientists. Um, and uh, they they admit their mistakes, right? Like in the late 90s, they, they got um, – they're the ones with the big radio telescopes. Yeah. Right. Um, and they uh, they got a signal. It sounded just like that. <laughs> um, and uh, they, it was about a million miles away from Earth. Yeah. And they said, well, this has got to be aliens a million miles away. Right. And then three hours later, they're like, oh, no, um, it was a sun watching observatory that's a million miles away right. from Earth. <laughs> but they admit their mistakes and um, and they're not very sensationalist. I get the impression. So uh, SETI's pretty much carrying on the, uh, the, or they're carrying the torch now that the government shut things down, right? That's right. Um, so everybody in here is suspicious of the government. We can actually pinpoint the moment that happened. It took place in 1947. On July 7th, there was a guy in New Mexico outside of a town called Roswell, uh, his name was Mac Brazel, and he was a ranch foreman, right? So uh, he was going to check on the, the cattle, I guess, yeah. um, one day after some terrible thunderstorms the night before, and he found some weird debris. And it was weird enough debris that he called the sheriff, and I'm sure they, like, spit on the ground and talked about it for a while. Well, there another. were strange, we should mention, the night before there was a bunch of strange lights in the sky. Yes, and terrible thunderstorms. So then he finds the debris. Right, Okay. Sorry. That's an important point. It is. Um, and so they, the sheriff comes out. They figure they should probably call the local military, which is kind of a weird step if you ask me. The military comes out. They take the debris, um, and they take it back to the Roswell Army Air Force Base. Yeah, and then to Dayton, Ohio. Which is another weird thing to do if it's a weather balloon, as the government eventually said it was. In between then, the guy who ran Roswell uh, Army Air Force Base um, released a statement on July 8, 1947, saying um, we recovered the debris from a crashed disk. And I'm making air quotes, and you guys can actually see it. I don't have to just say it this time. <laughs> but a crashed disk uh, was found. And then about three hours later, his boss right. in Dallas, I believe, released another press release saying, that guy's an idiot. Don't listen to anything he's ever said. Forget um, that whole crash disc thing. Exactly. It was a weather balloon, and we've taken it and flown it to Wright Air Force Base in Dayton for some reason. But just uh, don't look behind the curtain, everybody. Right. And at that moment, that was when all of the seeds that have sprouted into us going like this when we see like a, a press release today, um, that's when it happened. That, that first press release followed by the second one started the the whole suspicion of the government that there was a cover-up, Chuck. That's right. And there was some other uh, hinkiness going on. Uh, there were eyewitnesses that say they saw bodies being removed from the scene mm -hmm. uh, by the military. Some people said that they were actually present at an alien autopsy. Uh, if you remember, the Fox Network did that TV show, Alien Autopsy, a while ago. And then it turned out that the guy said, um... I actually shot all this stuff in the 90s, but I swear this is the footage I saw, and I'm just recreating it. And that footage is, is now destroyed, but this is, uh, this is what I saw. All right. Come on. You didn't, you didn't buy it? It took me for a while. It looked kind of cool. But, yeah, that was a big disappointment. And um, Area 51, you know, is, is the area now, and they, uh, people believe, some people believe that the government is uh, still contacting aliens at Area 51, meeting with aliens on a regular basis, mm -hmm. studying them, 
And that's why it's, uh, you know, got big fences around it. <laughs> that's exactly why. <laughs> that's the only possible reason yeah. that it has fences around it. But we're, we're going to do a podcast probably, hopefully, on Area 51 one day because that's about all we're going to talk about with that. The fences. Uh, Men in Black? Yeah, that's another characteristic of the uh, UFO phenomenon, right? Uh, and that actually came out of a guy named Gray Barker's book in 1956. He wrote, They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, and the Men in Black Make Their First Appearance. Um, well, Gray Barker pawned this thing off as a uh, work of nonfiction, but it was actually fiction. Um, but that, I guess, came out long enough after that the Men in Black entered kind of the um, the collective consciousness of... Have you seen Jose Chung's From Outer Space, that one X-Files episode, where no. Jesse the Body Venture and Alex Trebek play the Men in Black? Really? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Is it's probably real? the best X-Files episode ever. Really? Yeah. Is and uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Okay. It's, it's, it's a true. good one, isn't it? Wait, did you just say Charles yes. Nelson Riley? Charles Nelson Riley plays this author who's interviewing Mulder and Scully and trying to get to the bottom of this one incident that happened. And um, it was it was very cool. Good. I highly recommend it to everybody. I feel ripped off now. Let's get back to it, Chuck. And uh, abductions. I think this is this is um, if I may tee this one up, please. Uh, so I think it's kind of one thing to see. Something in the sky and say, well, that's a UFO. But many people have done this. Ronald Reagan said he saw a UFO. And as governor of California, right? Yeah. Jackie Gleason said he saw aliens because... Richard Nixon took him there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a true story. Jackie Gleason apparently was in uh, Florida, uh, married to his second wife at the time, and he came home all disheveled. Uh, from something, and his wife was like, "What's going on, Jackie? You're not your usual uh, sunny self." And he says, "Well, I can't talk about it, um, wife." But later on, he said that she does have a name. I can't remember it. Um, Betty. Let's call her Betty. But it, ironically, he did just call her wife. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> um, so then he says, "You know what happened is uh, I met Richard Nixon, my, my buddy Richard Nixon. Jackie Gleason was way into UFOs apparently, and Richard Nixon said." Would you like to go see some aliens? That's my Richard Nixon. That was pretty, pretty good. <laughs> so uh, they've seen it? Well, he, apparently he took them and saw two little two-foot aliens. Right, little and, bald uh, men. said, don't tell anybody about this, Jackie Gleason. And uh, he said, I will not, never tell anyone. He told his wife that you can't tell anyone. And then they got divorced and she started telling everyone. Yeah, she had, yeah. So supposedly he's seen one. And he said Ronald Reagan saw one. And he was on a small Cessna flight. Yeah. And he was governor of california at the time and he was talking about what he saw until he realized he was talking to a reporter from the wall street journal and then he was like maybe i shouldn't say anything about that right and um yeah so there's, there's jimmy carter carter saw one do you want to do your carter i don't have a carter he uh, he did see one in georgia in rural georgia and he uh still talks about it to this day apparently 10 or so years ago was the last time at emory university in atlanta where he, he teaches he was actually still talking about it and said dude I saw a UFO. Okay. So it's one thing to see a UFO and to talk about it at Emory or to show Jackie Gleason something weird, right? But it's an entirely other thing. And this kind of became this spinoff of the, the um, UFO phenomenon, and that is abductions, right? That's the money. 
the money shot. Basically, there's this whole group of people came forward over the years, starting after 1965-ish, we'll say, um, and said, yes, I've been aboard the craft. I've been engaged in alien sexiness. This is horrible. My life is suffering because of this, right? So um, the, the first abduction story was uh, Betty and Barney Hill. Have you heard of them? Have yes. you heard of them before then? Mm, yes. Okay. Because I'm sort of into this stuff. Okay. But they, they were the first in the early 60s, and, you know, they said they saw and were not abducted initially, but then later through hypnosis right. uh, started remembering these things that happened. Yeah. And there, there, uh, that was the first abduction case. It was written up in the Boston Globe, and then there was a book called um, The Interrupted Journey because it had a really huge impact on their lives. They started suffering psychological disturbances. There, there were big problems among them after this. Um, and then it was made for TV movie. Mr. James Earl Jones played Barney Hill, did a great job. Yeah. Um, and from that moment on, this kind of um, established checklist almost of um, uh, traits of an abduction uh, were generated. Um, things like you're, you're being taken against your will, um, you're being probed. Or Bright light sometimes experimented that, that picks on. you up like the, a beam. The tractor beam. Tractor beam. Um, the, uh, the, the, um, I hear noise. <laughs> the, uh, the, the re losing time was another big one. The yeah. Hills lost two hours. Um, and then having to deal with this. And there were actual studies of abductees in the 90s because it was such a, such a weird, significant thing that people were saying. Like, well, and it's consistent, which is the weird thing. Right. Um, so this guy uh, named Richard McNally, he's a, a Harvard psychologist, conducted some physiological experiments on people who said they'd been abducted, and they showed similar symptoms to people with post-traumatic stress disorder. So there's definitely something going on. But whether or not it was um, them being abducted or if they were suffering from some other trauma is what was at the heart of the matter, right? Yeah. And there's been some pretty good explanations for what was behind this whole abduction phenomenon that's kind of died off now, which is weird if you think about it, right? Yeah, Susan Blackmore is a, is a famous skeptic, and she uh, did a little experiment in the mid-1990s with a man named Michael Persinger. He's a neuroscientist, and he claims that all kinds of weird phenomenon with the body can be explained by uh, excessive firing of the temporal lobes. And so the only thing that was missing was no one had ever really tried to uh, replicate this in an experiment. So Susan Blackmore said, dude, hook me up to this stuff and fire away and let's see what happens. She said um, that she had the sensation she was being pulled, stretched by her leg to the ceiling. Um, she was suddenly like very, very angry and then after that she was suddenly very fearful. So basically the guy proved to her and then she went and told the world in this um, New Scientist article that yes, if you can mess with somebody's temporal lobe firing using magnets, uh -huh. um, you, you can get them to think all sorts of crazy stuff. Well, she basically, at the end of the experiment, said, I was so out of myself that if someone would have told me you were abducted by an alien, she said, I probably would have believed it. Right. And she's a skeptic. So it probably, uh, that's, a, that's a good explanation. But then you, you have to ask, well, what's, what is exactly exerting this magnetism on people's brains? Yeah. To cause this temporal lobe firing. So it's an okay explanation. Probably better than anything is um, sleep paralysis, right? Or false awakenings? Yeah, sleep paralysis, you know. Does anyone have that sleep paralysis? Your wife? 
Apparently, that's what you wake up and you're you can't move. Yeah, when you but sleep, you're awake. Your skeletal muscles are normally paralyzed while you're sleeping, but every once in a while you can wake up and your muscles don't kind of wake up first, so you can't move. But you you don't really know what's going on. You're groggy. There's hallucinations that accompany it too, right? Yeah, usually. And Scary stuff. Yes, and um, so it's a very fearful thing. Um, and then if you are the type to dream about sex, right, that kind of adds that probing maybe idea yeah, yeah, to sure. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So sleep paralysis is a pretty good explanation. Um, and then the false awakening is another good one where you wait, you are dreaming that you've woken up. And it's pretty common actually. Um, and that I think the thing that gives um, gravity to this explanation is that the most extreme abduction reports um, always began with the people sleeping. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's entirely possible these people were confused. Well, there's also correlation, though, between uh, UFO sightings and what was he talking about, seismic events? Is He yeah. said that um, he, he believes earthquakes might trigger this magnetism yeah. and people wake up in their bed. They think they're being abducted. But what about the people in the cars and out in the fields? I, we're, I, we're not going to figure this out right no, now. No. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think a good way to wrap this up is to say that we are wholly unqualified to offer any explanation of what was sure. going on. Um, but at the very least, it was interesting, and it was a wild and crazy time. It was a good ride there. Agreed. And I think this bears some follow-up. We've got to hit Area 51. We've got to get into the uh, abductions a little more, too. Yeah. One that, day. That's it. You got any more? I got nothing else on this one. <laughs> That's it. That's UFOs. We Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so um, uh, if any of you ever want to get in touch with us, uh, you can send us an email. Uh, I want you to wrap it up, spank it on the bottom, and send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. Thank you. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> thanks for Thank coming out, much. too, on a... Uh, rainy Monday morning. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you